All right. So we just hit six o'clock and we're ready to get this show started. How's it going, Real Dealers? It is your man, Phil Paul. Welcome to another episode of the Real Deal Bros podcast. And yeah, I hope everybody's having a great Friday evening. I uh, hope you got big plans for the weekend. I know I do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is uh, episode number 40 of the Riddle Bros podcast, and uh, as you could possibly tell by the title, this is a NASCAR episode, and uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about this really exciting weekend coming up at Bristol. It's Bristol, baby, but it's going to be a little bit different this time. This In over 50 years, this will be the first ever uh, NASCAR Cup Series dirt race weekend since like the first time since 1970. Uh, before we get into tonight's conversation, of course, I want to, you know, uh, do some, uh, uh, get the formalities out the way. Um, as a reminder, I want to remind everybody to make sure that you are wearing your mask, practicing social distancing, and also take sure to take time to get the vaccine. I am proud to say that this week I was able to get my second dose of the COVID-19 vac- vaccine. Uh, I took Pfizer, and uh, so far, I feel amazing so yeah let this be uh you know let, 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 let me be let, let me be an example to why the vaccine isn't as bad as people are trying to make it out to be believing people like the vaccine is perfectly safe um again i recommend that everybody goes out and either take moderna or pfizer if you do have plans to go get the vaccine but um but yeah it's definitely been doing a lot because again cases are still going down uh mask wearing is still becoming prevalent around the country but um, but yeah, just let like just make sure to go take the vaccine, guys. It's not like it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to do anything weird to your body. I mean, after a week of taking the taking the second dose, I feel fine. You know, I know people were saying that you know if you take the vaccine, there's a possibility that you might catch the flu or like a high fever. Yeah, surprisingly, that didn't happen to me. I felt like you know after an hour, yeah, like I felt a little bit numb in the arm, but and um and. Yeah, but like I, I felt, I felt completely fine. You know, like I was still able to eat. I mean, <laughs> me and my mom, we drove through in and out after we went to go get the vaccine, and we felt fine. I mean, like we was that, like we threw up or anything. You know, we were just grabbing food. You know, like we're just chilling, talking. You know, and like after we got the vaccine, it's kind of a way of celebrating. And uh, yeah, we felt perfectly fine. And hopefully, uh, you guys uh, do do the same or feel the same way when you do go get the vaccine. But yeah, but as a reminder, as me and Terrell like to do before every show. Unfortunately, Terrell's not going to be with us tonight uh, for a discussion. As a reminder, we want to remind you to make sure that you stay safe, wear your mask, go get the vaccine uh, when you can. And uh, I also um, want to you know, address the uh, issues that are happening, still happening in the Asian community. Uh, here at the Real Dirt Bros, we want to send our um, condolences to the lives that were lost uh, during like these attacks of the Asian community. And again, this is very upsetting. And uh, we actually talk more about the um, Asian hate crimes that have been happening uh, recently in our uh, uh, last week's episode. So make sure to go back and watch that to hear our discussion. But uh, yeah, at the Real Dope Bros, we do uh, wanna bring attention to um, the Asian community and letting them know that we're behind them all the way through. So what's been happening and we just uh, ask everybody out there just to be kind to each other, be wise, educate yourselves and make sure that you you do your part in showing awareness and also, making sure that you uh, share your support to the Asian community because they really do need it right now. And um, yeah, with that, that being said, I uh, want to go into tonight's discussion. So yeah, uh, this is this being another episode of NASCAR Talk. And actually for a, for a while now, since it was announced last year, uh, I was really excited to do this episode. I was actually hoping because as a rule, 
Uh, we try to make sure that we do at least one NASCAR episode each month. Uh, we try not to talk about NASCAR uh, too much on the episode because I know people, I don't want people to get tired of hearing us talk about it. But um, but yeah, as a rule, we always try to make sure to get at least one NASCAR episode out each month. And uh, usually that tends to be at the end of every month. So, but I'm really excited that the Bristol Dirt Race fell at the end of March because yeah, it gives us a chance to talk about it. So, um, but yeah, like, NASCAR is going back to its roots. Yes, like when NASCAR first started back in 1948, uh, they start racing on dirt tracks most of the time before they switched over to uh, asphalt and concrete tracks. But yeah, like, but during the time between 1948 and 1970, there were over 400 races that were run, ran on dirt surfaces. And for the first time this weekend, since September 30th of 1970, NASCAR is going to be having having a points scoring dirt race. And this is real big, especially for, you know, the fans wanting this. I mean, like for, for a while, the, this has kind of been seen as a pipe dream for many NASCAR fans out there. But, you know, but we're going back. We're starting to be seeing the reality come true. And uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely excited about it. I know a lot of NASCAR fans are really excited about it. But yeah, this is going to be the first dirt race since September 30th, 1970, when that was the last NASCAR dirt race to ever take place. And or and it took place at the North Carolina State Fairgrounds in Raleigh, North Carolina. And the race was won by no other than the king himself, Richard Petty, was the winner of the last ever NASCAR dirt race to ever take place. And, um, this is really, in a way, kind of like a precedent for the NASCAR Cup Series and knowing that you know, like dirt racing was prevalent at the time of NASCAR's golden era. But um, when you look at the modern day NASCAR circuit, you know, it's definitely uh, like one, this is, this is, this is chalked up to be the most anticipated race of the season going into 2021. And of course with 2021 uh, and 20, well, actually, excuse me, of course with 2020, you know, chalking up the season that turned out to be NASCAR decided to make a few revamps to this year's schedule by adding, you know, like seven, seven road races. And of course, this big dirt race is coming up, just a whole revamp of the NASCAR schedule and trying to give the fans what they want. You know, people want to see more road racing. People want to see dirt racing. And there's even talks about NASCAR finally doing like a street circuit race in Chicago in the near future. And, um, but yeah, this is, this is like really exciting. And I feel like this is definitely, I think, I think this race is going to live up to expectations that people had for it. Um, but tonight I'm going to just go into, you know, just how the race is going to be format and, you know, just the changes that they're doing to the cars and really also, you know, what the expectations are overall. And could this be a mainstay for, uh, for the future? You know, like, are we going to see more dirt races take place uh, during, uh, during the season or, you know, like what tracks are going to be wanting to have dirt, dirt races take place as um, but yeah, and the reality, like dirt racing really is like, almost as popular as soccer racing around the circuit. I mean, you have, you know, World of Outlaws. That's the big uh, dirt racing series that's here in America. Of course, you know, you have like these uh, small invitational dirt races where over like a hundred teams just come and they try to qualify for a spot just to get a purse prize in, in the dirt races, you know, from quarter midges to late models to modifieds. I mean, you can't go wrong with, you know, going to a dirt race. And I know it's really popular at you know the local dirt tracks around the country where you know people decide you know spend their money you know they'll go watch a race for a weekend or during a weekday and yeah just catch the excitement of what dirt racing has to offer but um i think this time around it's going to be a little bit different but for the cup series and as well as for the truck series because truck series 
is also uh, taking having your own dirt race uh, taking this week uh, taking this weekend at Bristol because uh, of this canceled dirt race that they usually had at Eldora the Speedway. You know, the, of course, the Eldora race was canceled last year because of COVID nineteen. But um, I think this is kind of like a compensation for the truck series missing out on their dirt race that they could have had last year. And there's even talks about um, like a, another dirt race taking place for the truck series later on this year and not Knoxville Speedway, not Knoxville, Tennessee, but Knoxville, Iowa. Um, yeah, that's going to be definitely something to talk about and we'll probably touch on that in a later episode. But um, I, I want to go into what the uh like I'll, I'll start off with the car you know i'll start off with how the car cars you know, are being built for this uh, uh dirt race and um so one of the changes that they're doing to the car is that there is no splitter uh for all the all the car geeks out there you know or all the non-car geeks out there like the splitter is like the side side part of the car like that's uh, angled at the bottom so they just rip that out and they're going to be running with no splitter. And that's really common for a lot of dirt, dirt cars, especially for late models. You know, you don't see the splitter being low to the ground or, you know, just hugging the pavement. And knowing that this is a dirt race, you know, you kind of don't really want that to happen because, you know, it gives the car a little bit more movement and, and nimble to the turns. So, um, yeah, there's going to be no. So for the Cup Series uh, cars or the stock cars, they're going to take out the splitter for this one. And also they add a six inch spoiler uh, to the car as well. You know, just uh, get the aerodynamics right, and uh, and obviously knowing that this is going to be on dirt track, uh, they added dirt racing tires. So Goodyear's uh, has uh, sent NASCAR teams a set of, of good of their Goodyear uh, dirt tires, and you know, like you know little square patterns on the tread marks, and uh, yeah, you know just more traction to the turns and just more ease to the dirt. So yeah, Goodyear gave them a, gave all the teams a set of tires for this week in the run, uh, you know, on the dirt track. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I know I was watching some highlights of a uh, practice earlier today, and the guys, they look really smooth. Uh, didn't hear much a lot about the guys spinning out or having trouble of trying to uh, find, the, find the right groove in the track. You know, all, it looked like practice went pretty smooth for both the truck series and the cup series. Um, hopefully it does go smooth with the race. But again, you know, well, the biggest difference in practice is that there's only there's few cars on the track. Imagine when you have 40 cars on the track at the same time i mean it's gonna be real crazy and you know i'm, I'm kind of surprised like if fans that, that are it's gonna be attending bristol this weekend are gonna have a, a rough time trying to just even watch the race especially with all the the dirt like the dirt uh, accumulating and piling up in the air but uh no they'll probably get a nice view of it i mean if you're used to going to dirt tracks you're probably used to seeing you know like you know just uh dirt dirt clouds uh, pile up and uh yeah but uh you know, well, well they'll, they'll cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, overall, I think that the fans in Bristol are still still excited for this weekend. And uh, yeah, I know it's going to be a big turnout. Uh, hopefully, you know, COVID regulations will still be in place. But uh, thank you, know, it's Tennessee. What are you going to do? <laughs> but um, but yeah, but uh, overall, you know, the car, few changes to the cars. And the last thing that they add was a debris deflector. And I think this was an option for a lot of teams, you know, that wanted the debris deflector. I know the debris deflector, is to prevent you know from the windshield from clouding up because uh, the one thing that they're actually taking out for this weekend is that they're not going to be doing in race pit stops. So uh, teams aren't going to be allowed to pit during uh, during the stages. They're, they'll only be allowed to pit in between stages when there's a break. You know either to change tires, um, uh, do a tune up on the cars, just to be able to get back out and uh, race the next uh, next stage. 
And um, yeah, with no with uh, no uh, pit stops, there's not going to be any time to do tear offs. So teams are adding debris deflectors to the windshields uh, to make sure that you know the dirt doesn't add like cover up the windshield to affect the driver's visions. Um, yeah, that's going to be one thing to keep in mind. And yeah, also you know one thing to take notice too because you know like with the vision with, with because like I know vision is a big importance for any race in NASCAR, and you know knowing that this is actually it's going to be a while. It's been a while since some of these guys in the cup series and the truck series have raced on the dirt track before. And uh, yeah, like, I guess this is probably going to be a learning experience for a lot of uh, inexperienced dirt track racers, but, and like, you no, know, with the experience of dirt track racing, uh, which I will touch on later in the show, I think, you know, this is going to be kind of exciting. And also, you know, just again, like a learning experience, you know, guys are out there to have fun. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you know, everybody's car run runs well, uh, they don't see like a lot of problems happen to them. And yeah, maybe they might, one of these guys might come out uh, like a winner. Um, yeah, we're going to touch a little bit of that later on. Now, uh, just kind of touch a little bit on the coverage of why I saw in practice today. So it turns out that um, in the truck, truck and cup series practice today, uh, well, really how the weekend is laid out. You have practice today, then you have the heat races tomorrow and the main event for uh, main event for the truck series on Saturday and the main race for the cup series on Sunday. So with the, with how the Bristol dirt race weekend is laid out. So with the heat races that are going to be taking place tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow night, uh, like the field is splitting is, is splitting four. So for the cup series race, actually I'm, I'm pulling up a list right now of how the lineups are set up. So heat races for a lot of people that don't really watch a lot of dirt racing, uh, the heat like the heat races are like qualifying races. So qualifying races determine uh, your position of where you'll start in the main race if you decide to race in. I know I'm um, for the small small town dirt tracks. How they have heat races is either you know you fin- you win the heat or you finish in the top position during the heat race. You get a spot in the main event and the field gets cut in half. It's kind of like it's kind of like March Madness. You know how. Now, like say your team wins and they move on to the next round and move on to the sweet 16, you know, like just that's those slots get cut, get cut down and then you have the championship coming up. But, you know, of course, in NASCAR and uh, with the number of drivers start competing in the heat race this weekend, it's a little bit different. It still has like a March Madness type format, but, you know, everybody is still going to have have a place to race in because the way that it's set up is that you have four 15 lap heat races. Uh, the three there's there's three heat races with ten that has, that has a ten car field and one with a nine car field. Just kind of even out the, the the whole field of thirty nine cars, and um and the winners of the heat races will earn ten points, while the last place finisher will only get one point. So pretty much everybody is going to get a point when they when they race in for the main event. However, these points for the heat races don't go towards there goes to the points and the point standings for the season. So these are non-playoff points that they're that these guys are racing for this weekend. However, like uh, the Sunday, the rate, the main race for Sunday does still count for points that you get for the season as far as playoff points are concerned. And, um, but these, how these points are going to be uh, allocated is that these points are going to determine uh, the points for the heat races are going to determine how the field will be set for Sunday's main event. This, again, these are qualifying races. So you finish high, you get a higher spot for the, for the main event on Sunday or for the truck series case, the main event on Saturday. Now, yeah, like, yeah, okay, I already touched on the point. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes while I'm doing this. 
So the, now for the race on Sunday, the point scoring race where, yeah, those points do count for the season, that is going to be a 250 lap race. And I say it like that because dirt races aren't supposed to go on for that long. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like most of the time a dirt race, like you, you could get at least about a 60 laps in depending on what track you're at. But knowing that Bristol is a half mile track, uh, again, one of the fastest tracks in the, like in the, in the NASCAR circuit, a 250 lap race is far different from the 500 lap races that they do on the concrete, like uh, like uh, uh, during a, like a normal Bristol race. But again, this this Bristol race isn't normal. You know, it's a different surface, different layout, but still has the same grit and glory of any other Bristol race that has ever taken place in history. So yeah, but 250 laps, man. Oh, the intricacies of dirt racing is that there's a lot of turning involved. I mean, like like you're. As, as famously said by Doc Hudson and cars, like, you know, with his background in dirt racing, you have to turn right to go left. So, yeah, when you're going, like, as I was noticing in practice while I was, while I was watching highlights from practice today, um, I noticed how when guys were going to the turns, they would do a lot of turning, a lot more turning to the right than they would to the left. Because the way that these car, the way that the cars are being handled on the dirt, on the dirt track is that it's not so much about just sticking to a right groove is so much about just handling the car through the corners. It's kind of like drifting in a way, you know, like, I'm not talking about like Tokyo drift drifting, but drifting in a way where you're trying to handle the car like in a corner, but still keep it steady coming out, like coming out of the exit. And um, yeah, I know it's like, well, when you're doing that, when you're doing a lot of turning, it's a, it's a, it takes a big toll on your arms. I mean, this, that doing that for 250 laps, but even though, yeah, you do have some breaks in the middle, but still, like 250 laps is a lot for a dirt race. And I'm I'm pretty sure that all these guys that are competing on Sunday, their arms are going to be wore out maybe halfway through. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely going to be uh, a, 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 like a race of endurance. And, uh, yeah, you know, just a race of strength. You know, who's going to, you know, be the big dog coming out? But, uh, yeah, but I think, you know, this, again, this is the first time that they're doing this is a precedent in today's, uh, today's era of NASCAR. But um, I feel like this is going to be a big, a big, big, you know, uh, expectation. There's going to be big expectations coming out of this from the fan side. Because, yeah, like they're going to like people are going to take a note of like, uh, I wonder how many guys spin out or, oh, I wonder how, you know, like if we're going to see a surprise winner or oh, I wonder if these one off guys are going to, you know, just uh, get this win and to go home with their money. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see there. But speaking of one-off guys, I want to point out a few names that are competing in uh, the race for – or the heat races and uh, the Sunday race. So you got a few surprising names in there. And a lot of these guys don't have a lot of uh, NASCAR experience to begin with. Like most of the that are coming in this weekend, they're real, they're real experienced dirt racers. So – um. A few names that I want to point out. Well, um, I'll start off with uh, a guy of, uh, that does have a lot of NASCAR experience, but that's also competing for the truck series. Um, uh, Stuart Friesen, uh, Canadian. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's going to be driving for Aspire Motorsports in the 77 Chevy this weekend, and he'll also be uh, in one of the heat races as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, Stuart Friesen, you know, he's a good guy. He's got a few wins in the, in the NASCAR truck series under his belt. And uh, yeah, I'm not like he'll he does have some dirt racing background, especially you know him growing up in Canada. But uh, but yeah, I feel like you know he'll he'll put up a good run for this weekend. And now another name that I also want to point out is Chris Windham. So Chris Windham is going to be filling in for Rick Ware Racing. You know he's an experienced dirt dirt track guy. 
Uh, yeah, another, another name to watch. And uh, also, surprisingly, another name that I would like to point out, and I don't know, I might be showing a little bit of favoritism in this one, knowing that I'm a Bay Area guy. I just recently found out that, that this guy is also a Bay Area guy. Shane Golubic out of Fremont, California, is going to be filling in for Live Fast Motorsports and uh, like in for this Sunday's race. And uh, yeah, he's got he's got a deep background in uh, dirt racing as well. You know, he's got a core midget background and also some uh, World of Outlaws uh, background. You know, sprint car racing. Um, yeah, he's definitely a name to look out for as far as the one-off guys that are coming in. But uh, yeah, you know, and also uh, Mark Mark Marlar, who's also another a one-off guy that's going to be competing in the uh, uh, this this weekend. You know, yeah, definitely another name to watch out. Yeah, but that, I think that's really the names I'm kind of looking after. Like, I don't know, like the guys that are like the every weekend Cup Series guys. I know, you know, yeah, you got your uh, Wayne Byrnes, you got your uh, Chase Elliott, you got your Christopher Bells, you know, those guys. And like, I know like they have a lot of experience in dirt track racing, but I feel like with them, with knowing that this is the first time that they're going to be doing dirt track racing in the stock car, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the, the normal, like the regular cup guys are going to be competing in this race. I don't know, like we might see a surprise winner again. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see definitely for sure. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I feel like with uh, how the heat races is set up, uh, it's definitely going to be like a good fight. I know um, like uh, these uh, cup guys, they're trying to make sure that, you know, they use their uh, dirt track experience if they have any to make sure to go out and pull, pull wins in a heat race and, I go for that big win on Sunday because, uh, yeah, it's definitely gonna. I feel like this race is definitely gonna give uh, got drivers a lot to prove, and also maybe some um, expectations for the future uh, later later down the line. Um, I think I what I also want to touch on too is the, well, this past Wednesday night, uh, NASCAR was able to host a uh, iRacing Pro Invitational Series race which was something that they started back uh, last year during the pandemic when NASCAR had that two month break where they didn't, weren't doing any racing at all. The only racing that they had was iRacing. And NASCAR has decided that to keep, keep it going, to kind of give fans another, um, like, uh, like another platform to build sport off of, especially with the rise in popularity and iRacing as a whole. And um, I, yeah, with like the Cup, Cup Series guys that are competing, uh, on the uh on like on the uh, for the cup series race on sunday they were actually able to take time during the middle of the week to actually do uh like race the bristol dirt track but on iRacing, you know a kind of computer simulated uh a simulation that was start way back in the early to early 2010s and um is also heavily endorsed by dale and hard jr himself and william byron came out as the winner of wednesday night's iRacing pro invitational series and I know people are going to say like, oh, well, it's iRacing, you know, it's a computer, it's not the real thing. But, um, but let, let me put it to you this way. Since the pandemic uh, last year, uh, when NASCAR decided to get rid of practice, get rid of qualifying, and just have everybody show up to the track on Sunday and just get the race out of the way, then go home. Like iRacing has become a form of training for a lot of drivers that are competing in the Cup Series and really every other series and every other premier series in NASCAR just to save money on like I say a red car because like most of the time you know like in the past like when we did have a lot of practicing for every weekend you know say if you wreck the car uh, during practice or even worse wreck the car during qualifying you would have to go to a backup car and then that would set you back in the uh like on the starting grid for Sunday's race um I think 
this is like doing iRacing has kind of been a way for teams to save money, you know, not having to pay for an extra car when they do show up to the track, you know, on race day when they come, you know, we'll just have the car ready, the car will be tuned. Because the cool thing about iRacing is that uh, in iRacing, like, you, like teams are, are using it as a, as a tool to get practice time in, get qualifying time in. But um, the di- like difference is like you can actually tune the car to the right setting and use the tune-ups that you're using during iRacing to, to kind of um, gauge how you want to tune the car for, the, for, for race day. And I think it's been really cool. And I, of course, I think it's been innovative. And also, in a way, iRacing has started to become this source of training in regards to people that want to try to get into NASCAR or, get, or really get into some other form of racing because iRacing does more than NASCAR. It does IMSA. It does IndyCar. It even does dirt racing. And, you know, like just using iRacing as like a training as a training tool is definitely going to help uh, uh, like promote the sport to a broader audience and also, you know, help those that are at disadvantage that, you know, can't afford to go racing, you know, like like uh, the cost or like the entry cost for competing in racing, not just like at the stock or low, but say at, like to buy a go kart, you know, many ghost cars go up for like six grand. And of course, you know, many families, they don't have uh, enough money to uh, put put uh, put uh, put up for their kid just to go racing, and um uh, I remember hearing stories, and this is kind of compared to what happened last week for the Atlanta race when um uh, Noah Gragson was involved in kind of like I say like a little tussle with uh, Dale Hemrick, and uh, during his post race interview, he made comments about like about his career and kind of talking down to him about how like oh you know like like oh like you know he's just he just has a bad resume and you know he's not really a notable guy to look at. Uh, in regards to how he's done his career. And then uh, Mike Joy, uh, legendary NASCAR broadcaster, uh, came uh, went to Twitter talking about how the sport has always been, you know, like uh, involved in funding, knowing that, you know, these kids that are racing these days, like they've had money behind them. You know, they come, like, they come from well-to-do families that can actually afford to put their kid in racing. And, you know, it just kind of shows like how stuck up some of the drivers are, you know, coming from money and not really having any humility behind uh, the, the gifts that they've been given to be able to compete in this sport. And when he said that, I think it turned a lot of heads and also kind of brought to light how, you know, financially driven NASCAR can be and how, you know, like just like dividing money and just, you know, the amount of time that teams put in to actually keep the money, keep the cash flow going just to make sure that their team is funded. Because, again, like NASCAR is a very sponsor-driven uh, sport, and, and, uh, and, and you need and to be able to fund a team, you need sponsors. But um, I say this because, you know, with iRacing, like, and people kind of talking down about how it's not like a, uh, like, like, a, like a recommendable tool to use to get into racing, and I think it's, you know, like when you when you look at the landscape of who can't afford NASCAR and who can afford, a, say, a computer and a steering wheel, you know, like I think it's a way to actually, you know, like you know, promote the sport to a younger audience and, again, help those that are at a disadvantage that can't afford a go-kart or can't afford a stock car. And, and in addition, with the other expenses that are involved, like, mechan- like um, mechanical tools, uh, race, race entry fees and things like that. You know, iRacing is really the only out like out out, out like platform that they can use to build a racing career. And um, I don't know, I, I'm kind of getting on track off track a little bit about what I'm discussing in the show, but I do want to touch on that heavily because you know like, there's stories about how say uh, Denny Hamlin, 
You know, like Mike Joy mentioned on another podcast saying that Denny Hamlin's parents had to put out a second mortgage on their house just to afford for him to go racing. And, you know, luckily it worked out for him because, you know, look where he's at now. Or, um, you know, like Joey Logano, you know, like, like came came from, like, you know, small town Connecticut, need funding to again the racing. Look where he's at now. You know, so, um, but yeah, like, I, I feel like, you know, we should use, we shouldn't like talk down about how people get into the sport. But again, like I do agree with what Mike Joy did say, you know, you have to, you know, drivers that, you know, come from funded families have to show a little bit of humility by the blessings that they have. Because again, you know, like we're not born, like most of us, like, you know, aren't born with wealth. And there are, there are some drivers that have to work their way up to the top, just, you know, through long hours and you know, like few sacrifices. And yeah, and like iRacing, you know, like well, it has opened, has been able to open the door for certain drivers. You know, William Byron himself, he he got to start racing through uh, through iRacing. You know, like people wouldn't wouldn't have known who he was if if he didn't win win law on iRacing. Uh, same with another another kid that's coming up to the rankings, Raja Karouf. Uh, you know, he he got to start in iRacing and it led him to be a member of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program. You know, so. Yeah, like, you know, iRacing, you know, it's definitely, I'm glad that NASCAR is continuing to kind of show, to show some support behind it. I know, like, there's there's an, e -NAS, there's an eSports series that NASCAR started, like, the, called the eNASCAR iRacing Coca-Cola series. And we have a big sponsor like Coca-Cola behind it. It's definitely showing that people are willing to support this series. And those guys that are competing in the eNASCAR series, they're definitely, you know, like, uh, using, using the iRacing as a platform to help jumpstart the racing career. I mean, heck, they're like, they're doing it through esports. So maybe this is uh, like a gateway for them to possibly, uh, compete and like, act, like go actually race, you know, on the track, you know, may, uh, the team could use iRacing as a way to recruit, you know, this is like how, how you scout, how do you scout for talent? iRacing. Um, again, like, I'm not going to touch too, uh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking about iRacing and kind of go a little bit more into, what, what to expect during the weekend and um i, I want to touch uh, back a little bit on practice today and it shows here or uh from a source uh, that i found out is that ben rhodes uh had the fastest uh like was the fastest during uh truck series practice final practice that is and uh ryan blaney last week's a winner at, at atlanta was the fastest in cup series practice today so um and ryan blaney i actually um i remember like uh, listening to him on a, on a podcast that Dale Earnhardt Jr. does, the Dale Jr. Download, and Ryan Blaney and his father Dave Blaney were were there were on Dale Jr.'s podcast as a guest, and Ryan Blaney talked about his experience in dirt racing as well as his father's experience. Like his father Ryan uh, Dave, uh, Dave Blaney was um you know like well well known dirt dirt racer before he came into the Cup Series in NASCAR. Um, this uh, Dave Blaney's career didn't really you know, take off in, in NASCAR as people thought that I would. But um, but Ryan Blaney, however, is kind of, you know, surpassing what his father did as a Cup Series driver, or really as a NASCAR driver overall. But yeah, Dave Blaney, he didn't win a lot. But Ryan Blaney, he's, like, you know, he averaged, like, he, he's starting to become, like, a bona fide and well-known Cup Series Cup Series driver. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not kind of, like, you know, I'm kind of seeing – how, how Ryan Blaney did today as a way to kind of gauge where he, how he might do on Sunday and how he might do in the heat races tomorrow. And um, I, I can't say for sure if he has a good shot at winning on Sunday. Uh, to be honest, like most of these cup guys to have, you know, a dirt racing background, say like Christopher Bell, uh, Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, uh, Kyle Larson, 
you know, like, like some of these guys that have like a well, well-known dirt racing background, you know, even uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And, you know, I can't say for sure if the, if the dirt racing Forte guys uh, ha- has, or at least one of them has a good shot at winning on Sunday. You know, because again, like it's, it's different from when you're racing a car that has like small, smaller wheels and really has a smaller size and it's a lot easier to grip than racing like a 1,000 pound stock car around the oval track and you know it's just it's hard to gauge where these guys are uh in regards to you know possessing their talent behind a wheel of a stock car on a dirt track because again this is a precedent for for the cup series in a long time and if you compare the car how the cars were back in 1970 to compare to how they are now there there is a big difference to how these cars are set up uh, on a weekly basis um i think you know, it, it's going to be exciting for sure. I know I'm going to be uh, keeping an eye on it, but um, you know, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to say who's like a for sure bet to uh, get the win on Sunday. But um, I do also I do want to touch on the expectations that people will have for this race that's coming up. Um, I think the expectations that people are going to have, obviously, you know, Bristol uh, being a track that has you know had like some of the best racing around in recent history and i feel like yeah there's definitely gonna be excitement uh for for the fans and uh you know a lot of people are fortunate enough to be able to be let back into the racetracks at least uh to you know these see some racing because you know again like it's it's, it's felt different it's been different for people to uh, go to sporting events and you know and really for the athletes it's been different for them to hear the roar of the crowd uh, obviously I, I guess it's kind of like a, that's kind of funny in nascar i say roar of the crowd because the only thing that you can hear at nascar race is the roar of the engines you know you can't like when you're in a car you can't really hear the crowd uh, that well but um but yeah like you know i, I think it's, it's going to be definitely exciting for the fans and um hope but i think what my expectation is that I hope this does isn't like a uh, say. Um, how, how would you say it? Like, I think the best way to say it. I hope this is, doesn't become like a fad for just NASCAR overall. You know, I don't want to see like a bunch of dirt race dirt dirt races get added to the calendar because oh like oh this was a big money maker for us or oh like, this is what the fans want because I know there's like, like with how big the NASCAR fan base is. There's people there. There are some people that were against having a Bristol dirt race. You know, like we have also have to keep that in mind. There were people that were against this at, at first, but um, I'm like, heck, heck, there's there were also people that were against having more road races. I think people were really concerned by the changes or like the amount of changes that NASCAR were doing to help revamp the calendar or like help lay out the track, like lay out what tracks are going to race at. You know, are they going to race on dirt? Are we going to race on snow? Are we going to race on concrete? Whatever. And um, yeah, I just hope that the Bristol dirt race doesn't become a fad for, you know, the future per se, even though like, I think this is like NASCAR taking a big step, definitely, you know, paying homage to their roots, you know, NASCAR started back and like the, like kind of like, well, the, really the origin story behind how the sports started was kind of dated back to prohibition and how, you know, moonshiners in the South would, uh, you know, smuggle, smuggle like white lightning <laughs> uh, through the back roads, uh, mainly just the dirt roads. You know, just to get their earn, uh, you know, make a profit off of moonshining. And um, again, that transcended to what NASCAR later became during its golden era with, uh, you know, like even like when NASCAR first started back in 1948, like we started on sand, racing on the sand beaches at Daytona. Um, you know, like really just going back to that origin, it definitely does add that 
that nostalgia that people want out of like NASCAR as a sport because you know like yeah for a minute there there was a slight there there was like a short period of time where NASCAR did uh, come become a little bit stale because there weren't any you know new uh advancements to how the racing was racing was week after week or you know like the personality of the drivers were kind of holding everybody back but we're starting to see more again we're starting to see a revamp of all the components that fans were asking for and even with them uh, it was announced uh during during this week that nascar is trying to plan for their first ever street course race you know street uh for those that may watch indycar or formula one or even imsa you know, like there has like during on their schedules, there has happened events taking place at a street course races in major cities like in IMSA or even in IndyCar. You see like the Long Beach Grand Prix taking taking place on the streets of Long Beach, California. Or, um, you know, like the for or like for IMSA, you know, they have the uh, Belt, Belt Isle Park uh, Grand Prix in, in Detroit. And um, even in IndyCar, you know, you had there's a few times where you race on or it's on the street circuits of Tampa, of St. Petersburg or even Toronto. And uh, NASCAR is actually talking about trying to set up its first ever uh, street course race on the streets of Chicago. Yep, the Windy City. And uh, there was actually a layout of, like in, in iRacing, there's a layout on iRacing of a street course uh, track in, like, in Chicago that iRacing decided to design. And uh, I was actually look, looking more into this the other night. And um, well, what I saw is that uh, according to iRacing, is that they would have the street course race kind of laid out around where Millennium Park is for those that live in the Chicago area or that have been to Chicago. If you've been around Millennium Park where the bean is, you know, like that's where they would want to plan to have the uh, street course race. And, uh, you know, they would just go like go around the circuit. It's kind of, in a way, it's kind of shaped like an hourglass. And uh, I, I, I can't really say for sure if this was this is going to be the exact uh, form of how the street circuit, circuit race is. Now, if, when they do decide to put this on, because um, I know like in Chicago and NASCAR, they're kind of having a, uh, you know, bit of a, I don't want to say like a love-hate relationship, but they're kind of in a, uh, say like they're, they're kind of like in this debacle of deciding what NASCAR's future has to hold in the city of Chicago. As um, for, for a while, you know, like back in 2004, when uh, the Chicagoland Speedway was built, Chicagoland Speedway being located in Joliet, a suburb just a, just a few, about an hour south of, of the city. Um, yeah, NASCAR has, ha- has been a mainstay um, making sure that Chicagoland fell on its calendar in the, uh, year after year. But, um, as of la- but according to, as of last year, you know, with COVID-19 being in place and there not being a Chicagoland Speedway race for NASCAR uh, taking place, um, like Chicagoland Speedway's future has been put put in jeopardy in regards to people that own that property. I think there was there was like a rumor saying that the owner of the Speedway was trying to sell was going to sell the property to like a real estate developer, and they were going to build. I don't know. I think I read somewhere that they were trying to build like an Amazon plant, or like they were trying to build like a like a like a condo like a condo complex or apartment complex over there, or like some housing, you know, housing development. Uh, over there, like when the property got sold, and they were just going to demolish the track and um, or whatever. And um, but yeah, but right now, Chicagoland Speedway uh, future is in jeopardy, and NASCAR wants to use the street course race not only as a substitute to keep the sport uh, popular in the city, city itself, but to also add some. Oh, excuse me. No, to also add some variety to 
uh, NASCAR's hope to, you know, expand to having street course races because with the next gen, because right now uh, NASCAR is focusing on the development of the next gen car uh, that's uh, set to debut for next year. This is going to be the Gen 7 car uh, that's a plan to come out. And, uh, you know, with the Gen 7 car, I've actually been watching some clips of testing. I know recently uh, Bubba Wallace, <laughs> yeah, Bubba Wallace, he uh, went to go test in the next gen car at Richmond. I believe it was this week. Yeah, it was earlier this week that um, there was a clip of Bubba Wallace doing doing test runs at uh, Richmond R- Richmond Raceway in the next gen car. And, uh, you know, there's also been some, been some uh, talks about how the car is being set up. You know, like there's a, a bit like a small wheelbase. There's like the, the wheel is going to be uh there's going to only have one lug nut because um, compared to how the wheels are set up now, there's uh, four lug nuts on each side uh, for like the current current setup of how Goodyear's tire, tires are, are made. But um, NASCAR's next for the next gen car, they're going to be switching off to the knockoff of wheel, kind of like how in IMSA, how you know, you just like just one drill bit, you know, you just rip it off and like the tire comes off as smooth, smooth as that. You know, it's not going to be like that where, you know, it's got four or like the, the, the tire changer has to go four times around the wheel just to get it off. You know, it's going to be a knockoff. And uh, like it really the only result of that is just uh, faster pit stops. I know that's one thing that they do in Formula One. You know, you, like you watch a Formula One race and you see how quick their pit stops are. I think NASCAR is trying to uh, turn a little bit into that with the next gen car. And also just the uh, traction, uh, well, how the car handles for the turns a little bit different. Um, the gear setup is a little different. I think also the horsepower, they're expecting, uh, they, they want to put in like higher horsepower on the car. I don't, to be honest, I don't really see like uh, advantages for the horsepower though, because, you know, I know for this, for how the car is set up now, you know, you look at the different uh, packages that they give out for the super speedways and the short tracks, um, the horse, the horsepower is kind of, you know, it's still pretty high, but it just doesn't have that same feel compared to the previous gen cars and how they were run. Because I think my favorite era of how the, of the, of the stock car or NASCAR, or NASCAR was set, the cars, my favorite era was when, uh, like, kind of Gen 5, kind of like the mid-2000s, how those cars were set up. I thought the racing was a lot better. You know, you had more emphasis on pack racing, uh, not so much of an emphasis on draft. On, well, you said emphasis on drafting, but the drafting looked a little bit different. It looked a little bit more of a challenge compared to how it is now everybody's just kind of kind of smooth all the way through but i thought but i like the the mid 2000 gen cars or the gen 5 cars a little bit better i thought that style of racing was nice uh, i'm not saying that i don't like the gen 6 uh how the gen 6 car race but and um i think it's going to be interesting how the gen 7 car is going to you know kind of become uh, a mainstay for the nascar circuit overall well this is the cup well, for the cup series and um yeah, you know, I'm real excited for uh, the future of the sport and really just for this uh, Bristol Dirt Dirt Week. And I know yeah, I'm definitely going to be on the couch all day watching these heat races and, you know, just kind of taking it in, just paying, uh, just taking notes to how, um, you know, these races are going to be run. Uh, you know, just uh, just seeing what, you know, like, like how is this going to play out? You know, how and that is, is NASCAR going to decide to keep this Bristol race? Uh, I know this is going to be, this is pretty big for Bristol uh, itself because I'm, yeah, I know. Um, sorry, like, I, like, yeah, I, uh, excuse me, everyone. Just gotta uh, take a minute.
Yeah, sorry about that, everybody. But um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for uh, the Bristol uh, dirt uh, dirt race this weekend. Um, again, like the expectations for this, you know, I just want to see some good racing. That's all. And uh, I feel like if I if I were just to give out a prediction of a winner right now, I would have to say, uh, man, I would have to say it's going to be uh, Kyle Larson. I think Kyle Larson is going to get this get this win, even though. Uh, during the season, there's been like this trend of um, how can I say this? Uh, there's been like this trend of uh, different winners. I know you had the surprise one of Michael McDowell winning the first race the Daytona 500. You know that was a surprise winner, and you had the second race. Um, oh my gosh, who won the second race? Uh, so the second race was a uh, oh the road course race Daytona. Yeah, Christopher Bell, and uh, you know Vegas. You had a uh, Kyle Larson, and uh, Miami. You had um. <clears throat> At uh, William Byron and uh, Phoenix, you had uh, Martin Truex Jr. And then uh, last week at Atlanta, you had Ryan Blaney. Um, I don't know. I feel like the trend of uh, new, uh, like new winners is going to have, um, is probably going to change. And I'm looking at the standings right now, and I'm seeing that, you know, the standings, that's kind of makes sense. I know uh, Denny Hamlin, he's the current points leader in the standings. Um, uh, he's already had uh, three stage wins uh, during the season. Uh, Kyle Larson, you know, he's, he's a 2021 winner currently. He's a second Joey Logano, you know, Martin Truex Jr. Fourth, Brad Kozlowski, Kevin Hart, Ryan Blaney, uh, William Byron, Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, Mike McDowell, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, and Chris Busher rounding out the top 16 in the standings. And again, remember people, it's the top 16 that make it into the NASCAR playoffs that are set to take place later this year. Um, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Again, like if I were to uh, say, uh, have a prediction for a winner, I would be, say it was Carl Larson. It'd be Carl Larson because I think his um, forte in dirt racing is kind of out, like outweighs the, um, well, the experience of, of the rest of the field. And I also um, found that he was also one of the fastest cars in practice today. And I feel like he's going to do well in the heat races and his, his potential performance or his projected performance for uh, the heat race tomorrow is going to reflect his, his performance on Sunday. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be like, there's going to be a surprise winner. Like, I mean, like, like, again, I feel like a lot of people don't know who's going to win on Sunday, but I think people have an idea of what's, like, what kind of driver has the better chance of winning. Because again, this is a precedent for most of the field right now. And knowing that there's this trend of a different winner each week, you know, it's hard to say who's going to be a clear winner just by how the season has gone for the first seven races. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just, we'll just have to find out, but um, yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be a good weekend for sure. I'm excited and I hope everybody else is excited for it. But with that being said, I'm going to end it for tonight. Uh, again, this has been another uh, uh, Real Dope Bros podcast edition of NASCAR Talk. And uh, yeah, I just hope everybody has a good weekend. And also want to let everybody know about the start times for, for the race on Sunday. Um, start time for, well, start time for the truck series race is at, actually, hold on, excuse me. I can't believe I didn't write this down. I should have, should did that. But um, yeah, the, uh, I'm going to the schedule currently. But, um, but yeah, there's a, the Bristol schedule. Here we go. So yeah, sorry, I'm looking at the NASCAR uh, website as I'm doing this. So, uh, yeah, so like uh, this week in schedule, well, we already had, well, we already practiced today. So, you know, can't really see practice, but um, Saturday, uh, the schedule lineup is like this. So you have 
the first, uh, well, the first heat race for the truck series is set to start at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, 1.30 p.m. for those on the, on the West Coast. And like, they're going to run the, they're going to run the heat race all the way up until 2.15 p.m. Eastern time. You know, that's when the, like, when the fourth and final heat race for the truck series is uh, for, for tomorrow. Then for the Cup Series race, the, um, the first heat race for the Cup Series is set to start at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. West Coast time. And there's, then they're planning to run all for the next hour. So uh, the, la well, the last heat race is going to be taking place. And um, as you know, the start time for the last heat race is expected to start at 6.45 p.m. Eastern time. And supposed to and or three three forty five p.m. for West Coast time, and tomorrow night, the uh, the main event for the Truck Series race is set to start at five p.m. Eastern time, or, or excuse me, eight p.m. Eastern time, five p.m. West Coast time, and all all of this will be taking place on Fox Sports One. So you guys, if you guys have Fox Sports One, definitely make sure to tune in. And for Sunday, uh, the big one, uh, the Cup Series race. Uh, the main main race for the Cup Series is set to take place at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 12.30 uh, p.m. for those on the West Coast, and that will be on Fox. So, uh, yeah, that's just a rundown for this weekend. And, yeah, yeah, if, and if you guys are starting to get into NASCAR, if you guys want to you know, check out a NASCAR race, I definitely recommend you guys check out this weekend because um, you know, I know it's going to be exciting. It's going to be the first time that we see a dirt, like see a dirt race in NASCAR, first time in a while that we've seen it. But I, uh, yeah, definitely make sure to take time out of your day to at least, you know, like catch, catch some dirt racing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, yeah, I'm definitely excited. I know I'm going to be kicking back and watch it myself. But uh, again, yeah, with that being said, I want to, you know, close it off there. Um, hope you guys enjoy the race tomorrow. And uh, yeah, again, as a reminder, make sure you guys are wearing your mask, practicing social distancing, get the vaccine you know, when you can. And uh, yeah, just have a safe and blessed weekend. And also, um, yeah, happy Passover today for uh, for all my Christian real dealers out there. I know I'm gonna be uh, on a on a Passover call in about about the about ten minutes, or actually, actually no, about in the next half hour. But uh, yeah, happy Passover to those uh, you know those who celebrate Passover. And uh, again, you know, hashtag stop Asian hate. You know, like yeah, definitely uh, want want to you know show awareness to our our Asian real dealers out there, Asian Pacific Islander real dealers out there. And uh, yeah, just letting them know that we're with you, that we support you. Uh, yeah, we we pray that you all stay safe and that we all get through this. And uh, just you know, just just in just stopping the hate. You know, that's really our main focus, and that's all that matters at, at this moment. And uh, yeah, we just also want to just show a deep support for the Asian community. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna close it off there. Uh, again, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, have a safe weekend. Enjoy the race. Uh, happy Passover. And as always, make sure to keep it real.